1: Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. We've got quite a show for you today, folks. We have Mark J. Lindquist stopping by. Jared By is business manager. But Mark J. Lindquist, he is quite the entertainer, singer, songwriter, entertainer. Actually, I don't know if he's a songwriter. My apologies, Mark. He's a speaker. He gets up there. He writes speeches. So I guess he could probably write a song, too. But he sings national anthems all over the country for the NFL, the NHL, Major League Baseball, NCAA. He's uh, open for, let's see, Secretary of Labor, Elaine Chao, members of Congress, Secretary of Commerce, Don Evans, Mia Hamm, Universal Studios. Like I said, the the NHL, NATO, Europe, I mean, you name it, I'm just kind of, Cherry picking as I look down and see the number of things he's also been an actor. Mark J. Lindquist shared the stage with former U.S. Attorney Janet Reno, Senator John McCain, Magic Johnson, Edward James, Almost, Liam Neeson, Dirk's Bentley. I mean, it's I'm just kind of going through here again. Ben and Jerry of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. He was also on Hawaii Five O. I remember that. So he's had quite a career already. And the uh, speaks all over the country about finding your passion and your passion is just kind of talks about passion. So interesting talk today with Mark J. Lindquist, also his business manager, Jared Bai, on today's Multimedia Cafe. Can't wait till we get rolling here. So we're going to get rolling on today's program. Take a quick pause here. We come back, we're going to join Mark J. Lindquist and Jared Bai right here on the multimedia cafe. My name is Jason Spees, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe.
0: I'm Charlie Sheen. I must be the luckiest man in the world. Hayden East, would you be my wife? We'll grow old
2: and I'll love you every
3: night. Historic
4: Baby,
3: never be mango man.
1: Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Mark J. Lindquist and Jared By.
5: Well, uh, Breath is Limited Motivational Speaking and Entertainment is our company, and uh, we travel all over the country and, and inspire people. We advance ideas. We ignite passion. Um, we give keynote speeches, and that's kind of our, our wheelhouse. You know, Our specialty is the opening or closing, non-industry-specific keynote at a conference or a, you know, a big a national deal. Um, so Jared and I work uh, together out of Fargo, North Dakota, and travel all over the country. Written a couple books, and our goal is to go out there and inspire people.
6: And now, um, Mark Lindquist, you are the main speaker, is Cor- that right? Correct. Okay, and Jared would be the behind-the-scenes guy, or he's kind yeah. of the
5: guy holding all the, the strings, you know, the puppet master, the guy with the with the brains, you know. <laughs> I'll I'll fancy myself as the looks, and since this is on radio, you can't tell. So, <laughs> I'm definitely the brains. <laughs> but, but you both sound good looking. Um, <laughs> no, Jared's Hold the time. business manager and and negotiates the contracts and and uh, deals with all of the analytical stuff you
6: know was this a, a business partnership out of the gate or was this like where uh, mark did you come to jared or jared did you come to mark or how, how genesis let's start with that
5: yeah you know actually we've known each other for 10 12 years you know so it kind of grows out of a friendship and an entrepreneurial spirit and um you know when i got out of the military uh just like a lot of veterans you're, you're looking for a gig you're trying to figure out well now uncle sam's not telling me what to do uh what to wear where to be how to act um, what can we what can we do together? You because know? we always we're kinda, we kind of we kind of fancy ourselves as like Hewlett and Packard, if you know that story. You know, they, they didn't start out making printers and computers. They started out doing whatever whatever came to their mind in their garage. You know, so it didn't matter what they were doing. It was more that the business partnership was the right thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, we run a, a few different companies, um, and you know, the motivational speaking for me is uh, is the main way that I um, you know, impact the world.
6: Um, I'm a. When, when, when was your first gig? When was your first motivational speaking gig? I
5: guess we've been doing it professionally for about two years or so. Okay. Um, but you know, it's kind of funny when you're uh, young and in high school. I would give speeches at a youth conference. Sure. I would, when the pastor was gone at our local church in Ortonville, Minnesota, I would fill in for him. You know, and I was given given the speeches and. And uh, been interested in that. The occasional best man speech, you know. Uh, but then, like I said, after the military, uh, we started doing it professionally. Started speaking all over the region. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the word of mouth spreads. And we did 82 keynotes right. last year. Um, we'll pr- look right. we'll for over 75 this year already. We'll probably do about $1. 25 or so. Uh, you know, and for a speaker, that's moving. That uh, is moving. A lot of guys try to do about 50 a year. Um, I was going to
6: say, most uh, people try to do one a week.
5: Right. right. I mean,
6: that's kind of a speaker's goal, right? One a week? Right, right. In a perfect world, mm -hmm. I guess, as far as if you're putting your business
5: plan together. Sure, sure. You know, and if it could be that, uh, if you could control it like that, that wouldn't that be great? But (laughs) hey, (laughs) when they call, you you go. And, you know, I'm a single guy. um, Love traveling. Love being on the road. Um, No family of my own yet. So it's perfect. Mm -hmm. I can just, uh, Jared can put me on the road and use and abuse me.
6: (laughs) And, uh... What is it you speak on? You speak on motivation, but just kind of uh, some some bullet points from there. Sure. Uh,
5: there's really three topics. It's passion, leadership, and service. Um, passion being, uh, you know, with the book that we wrote, it's called Passion, Eight Steps to Find Yours. Uh, like I had said, that that, that book now is, um, the sales of that book outpaced the, the sales of 95% of books in America. And so the word is spreading, you know. So I'll go in and give that talk to You know, a billion-dollar company, you know, we just spoke for U.S. Foods, we speak for Sanford, we speak for Essentia, all the big ones here in the Midwest, Uh, Bobcat, uh, another one of them, and we'll reignite the passion inside of somebody's workforce, you know. So if I'm speaking at a sales meeting or a manager's meeting, you know, um, I'm kind of you know, fancy myself as the perfect um, get them all fired up at the beginning of the conference or send them out the door on fire, you know. I call
6: them pep rallies. Corporate pep rallies is what I call them, yeah.
5: Absolutely, you know, and and just give your people that jolt that you need. To be able to carry on, you know, uh, third quarter goals or whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of our wheelhouse. Um, but at the same time, about a third of what we do is in front of youth, you know, and, and student conferences and school assemblies, because you know it takes a certain personality or energy to be able to get those young folks to open up and mm-hmm. listen to you know. So, and over the years, I've had some good fortune in the entertainment business. So, so especially the youth kind of latch on to my, uh, my story. i was uh, been seen on Lost in Hawaii 50 and in the Universal Studios movie Battleship, uh, performed in 22 countries and 44 states uh, for about a million people all over the globe. So, you know, bringing that as an entertainer first, I think that we're unique when it comes to um, speakers out there on the circuit because we were first, I was first an entertainer. I first knew how mm-hmm. to entertain a crowd and connect with an audience, and now we have great messages to bring behind that. Um, and I think that is unique because a lot of times when you, when it comes to the speakers uh, you know like we were just talking about our friend um, you know he achieves great things in, in another realm and then figures out a way to get into the motivational speaking circuit mm-hmm. so the the craft or art of connecting with an audience is probably something they have to learn
6: well that's the one thing you know I'm saying I was noticing that you started out being a, a speaker entertainer whereas a lot of people they already have that gift and then they go into say real estate or uh, um, Construction or media, whatever it might be. But then they later in life they become that speaker. They become that Tony Robbins, if you will. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That, right. that person with the life experience. But um, you, you have a little bit more life experience for somebody your age. You're you're uh, of a different ethnicity, living in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Has that played into
5: your you know speaking and, circuit? And and, and maybe um, you know I, I I was born in Seoul, South Korea, and then adopted and brought here.
1: Mr. Jared Byen. Mark J. Lindquist. I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We'll continue the conversation with Mark J. Lindquist, professional singer and speaker, as well as his business manager, Jared By. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Mark J. Lindquist, professional singer and speaker, and Jared Bai, his business manager.
5: You know, speaking, circuit? and and, and maybe, um, you know, I, I, I was born in Seoul, South Korea, and then adopted and brought here. And you know, I tell that story all over the country. You know, just because I I do, I feel fortunate to to be living here in the land of opportunity. And certainly, we,
6: we had one African American in my high school. Yeah, right in, right. in North Dakota. Just so, <laughs> just so you know.
5: And so, in Hortonville, Minnesota, I was the minority population. And he was on the homecoming court <laughs> on <out of>
6: guilt. <laughs> he was in school for right. two weeks, and he was on the homecoming court. And, I and
3: love it.
5: So I can identify with that.
3: Right. Yeah, <laughs>
5: yeah. I've been in his shoes. Um, you, you know, so so you know. That, that is unique, um, you know, to be a motivational speaker based out of Fargo, North Dakota, but also to be an Asian-American, to, to, uh, to be adopted, uh, to have had some luck and success in the Hollywood realm and then in the entertainment realm. Uh, yeah, you know, I think around here, and especially in the, you know, the northern tier maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, because when you think about entertainment, when you think about performers, I brought in the guy from New York City or L.A., and that's the big deal, you know, um, I think sometimes you, you, you can stand out with what we're doing, where we're doing it. It's hard to
6: notice it when you're doing it.
5: You know what I mean? Right. You're, you know, you, we're just we're just two guys right. uh,
6: trying to do our best in the world. Yeah. People look at you, do you know how many odds you've overcome? Well, no. I just wake up and go.
5: Right, absolutely. You
6: know? And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs and capitalists do. They don't understand their obstacles. Right. You know, they just kind of keep going. And is that what you kind of speak on?
5: You know, I, I think that... Um, Wait, rephrase, rephrase the question. Yeah,
6: I yeah. just, just um, I guess, overcoming obstacles. Your life
5: has oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. been Thank filled
6: you. with it, so to me it seems like that was, that's what you'd speak on.
5: Absolutely, because it hasn't been an easy road for me. No, Take, take for exa- this, for example. I'm 33 years old, and in the last 15 years, I've had 15 jobs, right? And, and, and a lot of people would take a look at that life and say, man... That is the recipe or the beginnings for a failed life. My
6: uncle would say, "You're a loser.
5: (laughs) You can't hold down a job." (laughs) My uncle said the same thing. (laughs) He's a farmer. I tell you what, though. You know, uh, for me, I knew that I wasn't going to settle for anything less than absolute passion in my life. You know, I was going to love what I do. I saw people when I was growing up that didn't love what they did, and and through all of that, I said, "You know what? My life is going to stand for something different." Right, And even if I have to go uh, travel you know, in every state in the country and all over the world and try to figure this out for what is making, what makes me tick, I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to pick up and start fresh and, and, and start in a new industry that I don't know anything about. Because I just simply saw it as, if I'm going to find the thing I love, if I try a bunch of new things, I'm improving my odds. Right. If I try a hundred things and you try one, who's got better odds of finding the thing that they love, right? So, I mean, there were a lot of obstacles in that realm. It was while my um, while my peers were advancing in their careers and, you know, they married with kids and climbing the corporate ladder, I was starting out at a new gig at mm-hmm. the bottom. But it was the process of me trying to figure out what was going to work for me, you know? And, and I think when I speak to big corporations or organizations that are dealing with, all right, how do we get our people to the next level? I really think it's what's resonating with, with corporate America is that you have to allow your people these opportunities within your corporate culture to, to maybe grow from the position that they're in. If you hired the right person that, that you want as a part of your company. Maybe the job they're doing for you is not necessarily the best job they could be doing for you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, creating this culture where there's opportunities for people to try, much like I tried. And, and you know, I do hope that they stick with your company and, and continue on with, with longevity. But I think that sometimes we, after HR signs them and now they're an employee for your company, uh, we forget that maybe um, there needs to be a little bit more attention to their development as a person.
6: Sure. I, I think there, there needs to be culture training in organizations. Um, the skills are one thing, and, and a lot of the skills are so technical now that you don't need the internal training for, for that particular organization. I think you're going to start to see more culture training, meaning, okay, this is the way it works within this organization, this is the way it works within here, because everybody has their little idiosyncrasies, so to speak. Sure. Are you seeing that amongst yours that there's some culture clashes? I guess when new employees come in,
5: especially in the millennial generation, you know, yes. uh, we're working with uh, <laughs> some pretty heavy hitters up in here in the Midwest, trying to develop a millennial program that's kind of homegrown, based out of Fargo. Uh, you know, in, in conjunction with the EDC and Jim Garden over there, the president, and and we're excited about being able to, to really communicate that message of what, what the millennial needs and what they are assuming about what the workforce is. And what it used to be 30, 40, 50 years ago, right? Which is vastly different. Um, You know, so I I definitely do see some culture clashes generationally
1: specifically.
6: You know, in the entrepreneur world, the culture clash that I'm seeing, and actually I'm getting quite a story done on this, is the, I call it the Facebook Procter & Gamble entrepreneur. So the old Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, was the... You didn't really have a profit for five years, sure. but then your company was just, it ain't going anywhere for a long time. It's that it's that right. old school sure. entrepreneur versus the new school, which is the Facebook, which is, I don't even have a product yet. and I'm already a millionaire,
5: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but
6: we sold the sizzle. We got the IPO, and so just, right. what, 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 what do you guys make about that? The old school versus, because the new school is the way it is right now. Right. I've read where that money is drying up. I haven't seen it. But I've read that. Right now, that means the old school guys are gonna have to fund the new school guys again. Sure.
5: <laughs> you know, and my take on it is, is uh, I think you're right on. That 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 it's, let's take the young generation. Yes. I think that they have seen that Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Jeff Bezos success. Right. This this, uh, like you said, no product, but I'm a billionaire. I'm on the Forbes, you know, 400. It's it's kind of the
6: authentic way to get rich quick. Right, right. Almost, you know? I mean, it's, 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 it's like It's become a, legit, right? Right, a legit way to do yeah. it. Sorry. Yeah.
5: So, I, I think that the young people especially are sold that. They see it on YouTube. They see it on MTV. They see that culture, right? However, let's say I'm sitting across the, the table from a young artist, actor, musician, somebody that wants to get into entertainment, and now they're thinking that the way to succeed in the music business is to get on The Voice, or American Idol, or, or America's Got Talent, Which is fine. Hey, I just tried out for The Voice in Chicago three weeks ago. I'll throw my hat in that ring, too. However, I think this this viewpoint of success and how to succeed has become a little skewed, and I'm a little scared about it. Because when those 20,000 people on Navy Pier showed up in Chicago to audition for The Voice three weeks ago, I was one of them. Every one of those 20,000 people, or many of them, legitimately thought, if I don't make it on The Voice, well, then I'm sunk. This is my shit. I'm no good. Are you kidding me? Right. That's they're thinking, though.
6: I, right. I, I, I'm not a good musician because Christina Aguilera's <clears throat> lackeys didn't accept
5: me. Right. Yeah. And because of that, on that, day. that skewed picture of what it takes to succeed in any endeavor, especially the entertainment business, I think people are they're shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. Because Harrison Ford said, I wasn't the most talented actor. I wasn't the most, uh, uh, the, best, the best person in Hollywood when it came to the role that I was being given. However, I was just the person who stayed, mm-hmm. right? And I think that there's something to be said about that. You know, then maybe we're giving a little bit of credit to the old Johnson & Johnson Procter & Gamble model that, hey, really success in most of it is just showing up and not giving up, mm-hmm. right? And, and so once you've found that, if you want to be an actor, if you want to be an entertainer, if you want to be successful in any endeavor, um, I don't think that you should hang your head on this idea that you're going to get rich quick and, and, and be famous overnight.
1: Mr. Jared By, Mr. Mark J. Lindquist, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause and we continue the conversation. We'll come back with Jared By and Mark J. Lindquist, professional singer, speaker, and business manager right here. My name is Jason Spies and this is the Multimedia Cafe.
0: Even when the flood starts rising Even when the storm comes I am washed by the water Even when the rain falls Even when the flood starts rising Even when the storm comes I am washed by the water Even when the rain falls when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising. Jason Spees, the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
4: I totally agree with you. And the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you will let people make up their own minds. you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies.
3: Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online.
2: Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this?
5: No one does an interview like Jason Spies.
3: Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name
1: is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with professional musician and speaker, Mark J. Lindquist, and his business manager, Jared By.
5: I don't think that you should hang your hat on this idea that you're going to get rich quick and, and, and be famous overnight. I think I'm 33 years old and just last year. Some of the largest c- crowds in the country started to ask me to sing for them, right? I had been singing for small crowds of 18, 14, 27 blue-haired ladies at the back of a church, right, for 15 years plus before I first got my, my, my break in front of a 50,000-person crowd, right? And, you know, I was 30 years old before I was on Lost in Hawaii Five-0 and, and Battleship and, and, and was a credited actor. Spent my time at the back of the line for a long time.
6: And were you an extra? Did you have a role? Did you have a speaking role? Right. So, you know, just like we all start out, you start out as an extra. You start out at the bottom. I've been in a movie as an extra. Yeah. I need one more so I can get the SAG card. Yeah. So I can get the health insurance.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I know I know your road, brother. I know your plate. <laughs> You know, and, and and so that's what that's what a lot of people do is they, spend, I mean, they I mean, try totally to serious. they try to collect the vouchers over and over and over again. And uh, you know, I was fortunate after spending my time at the back of that line through Lost, through Hawaii Five O, and and you know, getting some some decent speaking uh, roles there uh, every once in a while. You know, most of my scenes would hit the cutting room floor. Sure. You know? So so you know, I'd tell my friends to watch, but yeah, you know, I was out there for eight days filming and. But,
6: but you were a part of it, you got to right. experience it. Production. And
5: um, fr- from your
6: side of it, being an extra, being a minor cast role. It's not about being the star. It's about get going through the logistics, the right. process, understanding the, the business more than anything. At least
5: that's how I would see it from your perspective. Absolutely, making contacts in in that realm, you know, right. even, even just the experience of being on a Hollywood set, huh. that is just incredible. And, okay. You know, and then as as the career progressed, you know, I had the good fortune to to, to land a role um, in Battleship, and you know, once again, one of those principles. It's like who you know. Yep. And and because I knew the casting director, that that there was the same person at Hawaii Five-O and and Lost. You know, Then they gave me a role on Battleship, got to have a speaking line, credited actor, acted with Liam Neeson and Rihanna and Brooklyn Decker and Alexander Skarsgård. And, and for me, what, what, what value for me to learn from those masters of the art? Mm-hmm. I wasn't a featured actor, I wasn't the, the principal, but I could glean from them because we're in the same frame. It was just incredible. Well, I know when I <clears throat> when I went to your website, um, and your website is? Breathislimited.com. B-R-E-A-T-H, is limited.com. B-R-E-A-T-H yeah. is limited.com.
6: And when I went there, uh, I my eyes went right away to all the Hollywood stuff. Yeah. I went, oh, he's on Lost, Wi-Fi, yeah. didn't care about any of the real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was just focused on that, like, sex appeal, but you know? that's how we're trained, That's right. how we're trained. That's my point. And so what that becomes to you is some great marketing. Yeah. So, like, what I did was uh, I was a publisher for a number of years, and I had a radio show that I didn't get paid for for 12 years. Sure, sure. But I knew every day that my voice was over the airwaves. Uh,
5: I should be paying them. right, right, right. You know that's how we feel. you know, and, and, and I think that's the interesting thing, is that as we've worked with clients across the country, uh, when you can put that on the front of your event program, Mark J. Lindquist from Lost Y50, Brandt. a world touring entertainer, you know, that sizzle, I think people get excited about that. Because we've all been to these uh, conferences where there was a keynote speaker that was just kind of like <laughs> a snooze fest. Let's be honest. Right? I, was, yeah, I was trying to tell a guy that. I said, now, if it's between the...
6: the uh, the minority growing up in the Midwest from the Air Force that's been on Lost versus the white bread, cornbread, Omaha speaker. Who do you think they're going to pick? The guy the guy that can excite the crowd or the guy they all can relate to? You're I my mean, new publicist. I do to sign right now. <laughs> I was laughing so hard because it's true, though. And sometimes you need that. You, you need that break in life to jar your own self. Right. you, know, you got to say I need to get out of my own rut,
5: you
6: know, and, uh, analysis paralysis. You ever hear that term? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Advice for someone to get over that because uh outside of rocking in a <clears throat> fetal position in the corner right. or sitting on your hands, a lot of people don't know what to do when right. they got so much on their plate. Sure. They just get paralyzed. How, how, how do you help someone over that?
5: You know, really I I just think it it, it comes down to a very simple example. And it, it may be maybe maybe too simple, but uh you just have to swing the bat. You have to have the guts to go out there and try something new. When I'm when I'm Speaking to audiences, young and old, it doesn't matter if they're middle school or a bunch of church ladies with gray hair, I always ask everybody um, to create a list of ten things that they like, you know, because we go through the process of, of, of kind of some self-reflection. Where are you at in life and what are the things that you stand for on this earth, right? And so it doesn't matter if they're young or old, I ask them to list ten things they like and then, boom, we're, we're off and running. I play some music and they, they try to list those things and inevitably in every audience I'm in front of, a full third to a half of the audience can't get to ten. They can't list ten things that they like. I think that's that, that says a lot about, like... That's sad. How we we really don't know ourselves. Right. And people are so frustrated. You see it in their eyes as their, as their pen gets stuck on number seven, and they're like, oh, man, I, I honestly don't know what I like. Because you... And then I ask the question, I mean, if we don't know what we like, how then it's no wonder that we don't know what we love, that we don't know what we're passionate about, you know? And that's what the statistics say, and that's why we wrote our book, Passionate Steps to Find Yours, is 11 to 20% of the population has passion for the thing that they do, right? And so, you know, it's this process of, of I don't know what I like, so then I say, well, then you got to go try a bunch of stuff. you got to try more things, mm-hmm. you know, be it at work. you got to try more ways of doing the thing you're doing, you know, build a better widget, whatever it is. In your personal life, you got to try more. Th- you got. When was the last time you examined your bucket list? You know, and, and said, you know, these are the things that I've got to do before I kick the bucket. And many times, people raise their hand and they say, you know what, Mark, you're right. I haven't tried a new thing lately. You know, I I, I haven't um, uh, put myself out there and swung the bat lately. Mm-hmm. I get in this what I call the velocity of life, which is. You go to school, you get a good education, you get a good job, you got a mortgage, you got 2.5 kids, you got a your wife or a husband, you got that's fine, you got a white picket fence. That life is great. However, when you wake up one day in the audiences that I speak to, they say, you know what, I, uh, I don't know myself. I don't know what I want in this world. I found myself in this uh, position in life kind of by default. And so I'm trying to get people to examine... What are the true things that at their core, what do they want, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes, sometimes we lead them down the path of being an entrepreneur. Sometimes we lead them down the path of, of, of asking their boss if they can transfer to another department. Sometimes we ask them, maybe it's, maybe it's an entire career change, right? Yeah. Maybe it's a 180, right? But, but really, the, excite, the exciting thing about what we're doing for people all over the country is we're helping them find the things that they love. Which it seems like a, a basic principle that we shouldn't have forgotten. But oh, most of us
6: have. That's easy to know. I mean, when you, when the bills start coming, right. you start forgetting about a lot of things you love. It you becomes know?
5: part of, a, like, how do I get a paycheck? Yeah. What is my job? Right? Yeah. But we, Jared and I, have found a way to communicate a message to, to people inside of corporate America or at a personal development seminar to say... What are the things you love? What are you going to do to get off of your rear end and make that happen? Because I always say, I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up, right? When I was young, growing up in Ortonville, Minnesota, population 2,000, I, I knew what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the grandfather sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair. I wanted to look back at life. And I never wanted to have to say, I wish I would have. I always wanted to look back at those years and, and, and tell tales of adventure about the times that I'm glad I did that's the guy I wanted
1: Mr. Jared By Mr. Mark J Lindquist I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment we're going to take a quick pause we come back we'll continue the conversation with Mark J. Lindquist professional singer and speaker as well as Jared By his business manager My name is Jason Spees and this is the multimedia cafe. Why don't
4: you do day, can't make no money giving your stuff away, why don't you do now, like the millionaires do, put your stuff on the market, you can make a million too.
3: Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years, Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever, the model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery.
0: Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
4: I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts.
1: Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we conclude the conversation with Mark J. Lindquist, professional singer and musician, as well as Jared Bai, his business manager.
6: You know what I always found was I've yet to have a regret. Okay? I've yet to have a regret. When I look back at the things that I should regret, I look at it as... Well, I'm glad I took that chance. Right. I'm glad I took that chance. Right. It didn't work out, right. but that's okay because the next time I understood not to do that and there, there when I was faced with something similar, because of that regret, right. I was educated enough to make the right choice going right. forward. Right. So I re- regrets bring up history and history slows you down. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, you should learn from history. Don't get me wrong. Right. right. But if you keep...
5: Focusing on it, you, the world's going to leave you. And that's what Tony Robbins says. You know, you are not your biography. You are not your history, right? And I think that's that's brilliant advice, is because those regrets, those things that you say, well, you know, shoot, I, I would do it better next time." So do it. I would rather I would rather have 120 of those experiences yeah. to be able to make my 121st decision better than be the guy who never never swung the bat, right?
6: And there's there's this fear of failure everywhere you look. Everyone's afraid to make a mistake. So they don't they don't jump into something because they don't want to make that mistake. Yeah. So, I think failing's fun. Yeah. I, honestly, right. I, I, I get a kick out of failing because if you let, let me get, let me rephrase that. I like when things don't necessarily go the way they should because then you gotta fix it. And that's right. the fun part. Right. That's right. the fun part is turning a success. <clears throat> turning a failure into a success that's the fun part and that's
5: where you learn the most
6: that right. is exactly right and what else are we doing otherwise right we're just drinking coffee
5: and, you know. <laughs> and i think that's how <laughs> successful people are wired you know they're they're wired to take their setbacks or their failures and say all right because because i, I as a motivational speaker i, I want to be the top of my industry as an author i want to be at the top of my industry as an entertainer i want to be at the top of my industry the only way to get there is to mess it up a few times, right? The only way to get there is to walk on stage with the microphone off a few mm-hmm. times, you know? I'm not going to not gonna forget that lesson again, right? The only way to get there is to not, you know, put fresh batteries in your clicker, you know? Or, or it's these things that where you have to have those experiences because I can tell you about my failures, right? And you might... You might pick it up and you might incorporate it into your life. But if you if you walk out on stage in front of 3,000 people and forget the words of the national anthem, right, you won't do that again. Give Give Christina Aguilera another shot at the anthem. She won't forget those words. No, no, no.
6: Or she won't do the anthem. One
5: right? <laughs> of the
6: two. Either you don't forget the words or you just don't do the anthem.
5: You know, but, but, but when, way you learn. when you fall on your face in front of them, in front of them all, that's when you learn
6: that's the good stuff though yeah, that, that is, is the, really that the, is the good the, stuff
5: those are the best stories I've got
6: right? yeah it's when you uh, yeah when, when, when you get your humbleness taken right. before you like that whether it's forgetting the words or you know like in some some people's case let's say you end up in the paper mm-hmm. with a not very good uh, headline. You learn from there too, right. you know, because you got it. It's just like you're exposed. Time to turn that thing around. That's exactly right. right. So yeah. even even at that point, which might seem like a bad instance in life, whether you forget your words or you the traffic violation, whatever it might be, you can easily turn that into right. even better. Right. right? Because people love people who learn from their mistakes right. they just do right. you know everybody wants to help a alcoholic everybody mm. wants to help a guy get over their demons right right and so if you're honest about it it seems like it would be something that would work does that work in the corporate world are people able to be honest in the corporate world like these things like uh, about their failures uh, yeah 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 because a lot of times that leads to being fired <laughs>
5: I, I, I hope, I mean, we're talking in, in a perfect world, I hope that people are able to walk into their bosses or manager's office and say, here's where I'm really messed up, you know? Right. Uh, I understand. That, that we, takes we a good mentor. In, right. Leader. Right. Yeah. right. We, we maybe don't live in that world in <coughs> all companies, in all, you know, sectors of our society. Um, you know, so I do, I speak to a lot of managers. I speak to a lot of managers' meetings that get together for a regional gathering and, and so on and so forth, and, and those are the types of things that we're trying to communicate yeah. to them. You know, that failure is a part of the process of growing forward, right? Um, you know, it's, it's...
6: So the acceptance of failure is almost universal. The person needs it, and the other people need to accept other people's failures, too. With, with Stride, and not point fingers
5: and say, you ruined my life. And with some of the biggest companies that we've been speaking for, and, uh-huh. and uh, you know, the ones with a B behind their revenue, Billions... That's what they're they're learning is it's it's time to allow our people to fail because we realize even though we're a behemoth of an organization, you know, billion dollars large, we have to create a culture where people are comfortable walking into their boss's Mm -hmm. office and saying, you know what, I really messed this one up. But see, like John Maxwell says, experience isn't the best teacher. Evaluated experience sure. is the best teacher, right? So, you know, when, when you can create a culture where you feel as though everybody is, is on the same team, rowing in the same direction, and I can expose myself in front of my peers at a, in, a, in a conference room or a, or a team meeting and say, you know what, this is, this is one where we lost. You know? you know, maybe we went backwards a few steps. But when it comes to any ingenuity or innovation in life, how many times you got to give it a shot? Until Thomas Edison finally figured out how to make the cotton thread filament incandescent light bulb, right? Mm-hmm. How many times did he try? Thousands.
1: And that was Mark J. lindquist and Jared By. Mark J. lindquist is a professional singer and speaker, and Jared By is his business manager. You can find out more information about them. Checking out our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. We have those interviews, this interview, if you will, as well as many other exclusive interviews available at thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. We also are on Facebook and twitters and youtubes all those social media links are available at the crudelife.com. that's the that's going to do it for today's program i'd like to thank jared by and mark j lindquist for stopping by the program being a part of the multimedia cafe also if you're listening to us on the radio we'll be back tomorrow at this time on this station i believe it's a friday night music show we're going to do here at the multimedia cafe tomorrow original singer-songwriters sending in their music for you to listen to. So if you have music that you would like on this program that you've written and you've performed and that sort of thing, jason at com. That's jason at com. if you'd like more information on that. Should be another fun Friday show here at the Multimedia Cafe. All right. If you're listening to us on the internet, thank you very much. We know there's a million, billion, gajillion websites out there and a million people out there making content. Like I said, my neighbors, dogs, best friends, cousin has a podcast out that's really good. But um, it's just hard to find. There's a million of them out there. I always tell people, if you have a tree, that's what a website is. It's like a tree. There's a billion trees. There's a billion websites. Now, just go find the tree. Go ahead. Hey, I got a website. Go find it. It's the same thing. Works much be easier if you have a map. And that's what advertising, social media, directional type things do. So that's what I'm telling you is that our tree is at thecrudelife.com. Just go to thecrudelife.com and you'll find all the information on the Multimedia Cafe, as well as our other programs, as well as all of our interviews, schedules, social medias, all that different thing. So that's our map to our tree, thecrudelife.com. All right, there's a little nature analogy for you here on this thursday afternoon and it looks like we're out of time so that's going to do it for today's program like thank you very much for tuning in choosing us we'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station we're also available on itunes and other podcast platforms from the staff at the multimedia cafe my name is jason spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice